means the people at Scratch are going to be on top of their game. If you're not familiar with Scratch, they deliver custom content and a voice honed for the age of social networks. S-K-R-A-T-C-H. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and all the likes. With it being PGA Championship Week, it's actually Phil Mickelson's 100th career start in a major, and our friends at Callaway Golf have put together some pretty incredible stats, quizzes, and photos. All kinds of awesome content at callawaygolf.com slash phil. Go there, check it out, and share your favorite Phil moment using the hashtag phil100. Again, that's callawaygolf.com slash phil. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast, episode 90. Uh, going to do a little Bridgestone wrap, a lot of things going on in golf, PGA Championship preview, joined by none other than Tron Carter. Tron, how we feeling? Good. You're just going to ignore the Reno? I, look, we got a lot to discuss. I'm not ignoring the Reno. I'm not <laughs> ignoring the web. Like we, we had the the Women's British Open this week. Like there's there's a lot going on. So oh, I, I, I want to get steep on the Women's British Open. That was that was that was a good watch. It needs to be noted that this is the first ever podcast literally recorded from my parents' basement. Like I, I the Wi-Fi is <laughs> the Wi-Fi is actually better upstairs, but I wanted to record it downstairs in the basement just to absolutely fit the stereotype. So here we go. This is it. Full time. You gotta snap a pick, man. Put I know. I haven't like showered or anything this morning because, um, and I got I got a lot to do today. We're going to Charlotte tonight. Flying to Charlotte. We're gonna be on site for this weekend uh down at the pga pretty fired up about that we'll discuss that here in a little bit but i wanted to debrief on bridgestone a bit i know it's your favorite event on the calendar uh your favorite golf course on the calendar um but i did spend a couple days up there this week uh had the awesome experience of staying in the locker room they have like 15 about 15 rooms like bedrooms in the locker room there at Firestone, and uh, the tour was nice enough to set me up with with the Arnold Palmer room, like room wow. room one, like directly outside of Phil's locker uh, in the locker room. It was really uncomfortable yet really fun and a pretty amazing experience. But uh, it, so like literally my my shower for the week was like the player's shower. So I would have to get up super early in the morning and shower so that I wasn't like walking around in a towel like as players were coming through. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I, you're in the shower and and, and uh and uh bubba walks in and <laughs> <laughs> there were some awkward awkward walk bys in there but i got i didn't get up early enough on wednesday i guess players just got to the course earlier on wednesday and i'm getting out of the shower at like seven in the morning and rory didn't show up on, at the course until wednesday and i'm walking past him and he's like what what are you doing because like, he had no idea i was staying there it's like what are you doing in the locker room one and two why are you showering in here just make yourself right at home yeah seriously that's uh, pretty savage that he doesn't show up till, till wednesday 
I'm not sure what the reasoning was exactly. Uh, I mean, it's not he hasn't been there in a couple of years either. So, but I'm, it's not exactly a course he needs a lot of, a lot of reps on and whatnot. But uh, Firestone, man, it's caveman golf. You're just you're just proving my point. Right? <laughs> accurate, accurate. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Firestone. Some I know we've both been pretty critical of it. And actually, I had some players ask me about it, like because kind of confused on where we are coming from on this because. Um, we're, we've been critical of it as a television viewer, and that's what I tried to explain to people. As a TV viewer, it just doesn't pop very much, yep. and it's and you get an overhead shot of this course, and it is straight back, straight like, straight down, and it's, it's just repetitive. When you're there and like in between the trees and stuff, you kind of get a much bigger appreciation for the elevation changes and the slopes. Like there's no mm-hmm. flat lies in the fairway there. Uh, and just the conditioning of the course is absolutely second to none. And I mean, you, you're you're right in your kind of I don't want to say criticism of it. Of the guys being on cruise control all week, it's like a course that they just love, though. I mean, the players rave about it. It's a championship level course. Um, uh, there, it's not to say it's without criticism, but man, I was I, I walked away pretty impressed with it in in person. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I had a similar thing when I went there. Actually, I preferred the. The other course, the not the west, but the other one, is north, the, the north, uh, for that one. But I mean, obviously, I don't think it's it's as right. feasible for a golf tournament on that. But where it is on the on the schedule, I can, you know, the week before a major, you don't want these guys having to, you know, get too steep on strategy and grinding and all that stuff. So I I get that it's probably a pretty good fit for where where it slots in on the schedule. But um, but yeah. You know, there there's certain instances where I feel like you get penalized less the farther offline you hit it. Yep. There, where you can, you miss it by five yards. You're you're behind a tree or you're in some thick rough. You miss it by fifteen yards. You're in the middle of another fairway. It's I mean that goes for a lot of like tree line tree line courses in general. Like if you're if you're five yards off the fairway, you might be toast. But if you go even further further off the fairway then then you may have a, a line and a shot in so uh but, i mean and, and i i feel like this one's a little bit overgrown though too like the trees need to be yeah. trimmed back and then they could grow the rough up a little bit more in certain spots too i don't know that was just that's just my kind of you know amateur architecture opinion <laughs> yep i mean you so you you have seen it though in person as well though so you're not Correct. just yeah, yeah you're not yeah. just armchair in this yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah i know and, and it's a it would be a great course to play all the time. I think it, you know, it's kind of like Olympia Fields in that regard. Like I think it, 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 it's definitely much, much more playable than it looks on TV. You know, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, a lot of my frustration just stems from the fact that there's a, a world golf championship in Akron, Ohio, every year. Yeah, like that just seems kind of nothing against Northeast Ohio, but that just seems. Kind of a waste, especially when it's a Japanese company now that's sponsoring it. Japanese guy just won it. You know, there should be a WGC in Japan, or there should be one in Australia every year. Um, we say that though. I mean, like in theory, it sounds great. Yet, whenever they like the HSBC in China, like I know it's China. It's not the two the two places you just mentioned, but. I don't. I don't tune into that typically. That's not like appointment viewing. And the Australia one is always such a tough t- with time zones. The time changes. It's like happens in the middle of the night, basically in the U.S. It doesn't get the same viewing. I mean, I, I'd imagine like the Presidents Cup didn't get the best viewing when it was at Royal Melbourne, as sweet as that place is. So, 
it all makes sense from a business standpoint to do it at a place the players love, a place with steeped in tradition. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon because the players, I mean, they, they they love it. I mean, it's the same. I don't know. Like they, they they didn't go over great with a lot of players moving the other WGC from from Doral. You know, and it, the, this one just is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's fun. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I didn't realize WGCs they don't allow fans in until Wednesday. Like there were no fans out there on Tuesday. Like the guys can just cruise around. They don't have to worry about autographs, and it's just a just a jolly jolly atmosphere there. And I know it's kind of a I don't want to. They just got to worry about bloggers in there in the in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> Not inaccurate, um, but yeah, <clears throat> just kind of a laid back vibe, and and there's not a whole lot to do around Akron in general, I think. So the guys really get some some really good work in, and don't have a lot of off course distractions going on there. So I was impressed, and you were we did sneak out and play the North Course and the West Course. Not we didn't get 18 in either times. We teed off around six six thirty or whatnot. But North Course is phenomenal. It, some incredible yeah. holes on it. You're right that it's not a championship level um, course. Yeah. I mean, they do hold events there. When I say it's mm-hmm. not championship level, it's just not. They can't hold the PGA Tour event there. But uh, man, I think they've had it there a couple times, haven't they? Like when they were redoing, not for a few years. But yeah. Maybe. I think the, yeah, the current version of a PGA Tour event, I don't think they could do yeah. there. But, um, yeah, it's, there's some really dramatic par fives, and uh, the ball was just flying out there. I mean, I it, it was uh, – there was like – I don't know what it is about the air there, but, I mean, I think Rory set a record. He hit like 30, 52 <laughs> drives over 300 yards this week. Like, we were out on the west course, and I was hitting like three woods. They were going 300 yards. I don't know. It's not at altitude, but the ball just rolls out forever there in the air. That, that summer Ohio air, yeah. the ball was just there's a launching pad over there. But uh, awesome. what DJ? It was like four four forty five or something like that. Yeah, and apparently he didn't lay up. Like uh, it looked like if you just are following on Stat Tracker. I don't think it was on TV, but if you're following on Stat Tracker, it looked like he laid up after going four thirty nine off the tee on sixteen. But uh, uh, apparently his, his second shot hit a branch, and that's how it went out into the fairway, supposedly, according to Will Gray from Golf Channel. So Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, did you get to tune into much of the event? I mean, I, it ended up being kind of the snooze fest that you were kind of predicting, I guess. I mean, Hideki shot 61 to win it by five. It's yeah, hard to, hard I to... caught a little bit yesterday just before we went out and played yesterday, but caught a little bit in the bar beforehand and then caught a little bit on, on Friday. But really overall, I just I, I tuned into – I watched more of the Women's British Open than anything this week. Well, we will we can touch on that as well, but we have to give a shout out to Charlie Hoffman for, for real. the yeah, conversation on sixteen. Walt Brett Waldman, Waldo, his caddy is my dude. I love Waldo, but I'm gonna rec- I'm gonna collect all any no laying up gear that I've given him over the years. The next time I at the PGA this week, I'm gonna hunt him down and make sure that yeah. he gives it back because he tried to talk Hoff out of going for it in two on sixteen. I can kind of see his point. I mean, though. granted, he was what, like two eighty. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no holding that green. Like it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. It's overall not worth it to go for it. And and I don't know, you can't like hold it and make an eagle with it. Like it was best case scenario that Hoffman hit it barely over the green. Uh, but I did. I mean, uh, part of me thinks Hoffman knew those cameras and audio were picking up that conversation because he's pretty loud. He's like, I'm trying to win the tournament. I'm tired of finishing in second. Like I think it was. <laughs> It was kind of like speed at Augusta. Like de- he definitely knew the cameras were watching when he was like, "What would Arnie do here, Mike?" Uh, so I, <laughs> there was an element of that, but I mean, gotta respect the guy that was. It was just did not care what place he finished in and wanted to go for it. So 
I mean, you got that guaranteed paycheck at those WGCs. That's my other thing, man. Yeah. I just let's I hear it. Fired up the other night. You know, got some pushback from guys who are like, "Yeah, but you know, you're just if you're in that field, you're playing against the best in the world, and you've earned it and all that." I get that, but you've already gotten the, the extra fax cup points and the OWGR points for you know for for doing well to get in there. It, it's it seems like kind of a rich get richer scenario, and I yeah. and I realize there's a business element to it where the tour has to. I mean, it's incumbent upon the tour to have marketable stars and and you know having the wgc's at kind of bombers paradise is, is good for the you know good for pumping up guys like rory and matsuyama and dj and all those guys but like it just seems like there's you know the fact that the guy that finishes in second to last place at the wgc gets more world ranking points than somebody who and and I won't use Reno as an example because that's an opposite field event. But as somebody who finishes say T thirty or T thirty five at like the John Deere or Hartford, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, you know, like where you really you haven't beat anybody. You're thirty five shots off the lead, and and I know it's a minuscule amount of points, but I mean on this level, it's like everything matters at this point. You know, especially because there's that that top 50 line that gets into this event yeah. and how it's yeah. so important around that. Those, those little points matter so much at that level. I think Charles, Charles yeah. Howe was, I mean, he wasn't the, the closest, but he was very close to making it in on top 50 ranking and didn't. And then like he falls further behind everyone in the top 50 because they all get the points no matter what this week. So uh, I'm with you on that. The, the getting the official world golf ranking points should be based on you beating your peers, not just the fact that you show up in a no cut event and collect yeah. your paycheck. So I'm with you there. Um, I don't know, but I kind of, it is something different to like a smaller field. Uh, and it's, this tournament's like really great for spectator viewing too. I mean, they don't, there's not a ton of fans that, mm-hmm. that pack this course and you can see a lot of stuff and it's, there's not that many guys out there. So when you can get from hole to hole too, right? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it, you can you can scoot all over the course pretty quickly, which yeah. is cool. Um, but uh, so and and yeah, so there's like only 80 guys or whatever in the field, so you can kind of if you want to see everyone, you basically can. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a unique, different event. It's not perfect, but man, it was it was fun to go to yeah. and, and to experience in person for the first time, and and uh, you know, kind of pick up the vibes and whatnot. So, I'm so like, Matsuyama, he just came out. Digging yesterday, huh? Didn't trust his swing yesterday and shot sixty-one. I mean, <laughs> at some point, this is it. Maybe we're. I think we're already there. This is going to get old. This the the, the one-handed club finishes to to five feet has been well documented, and it's it's fatigued. It's fatiguing at this point. Uh, yeah. Now that it, to shoot sixty-one and then say I wasn't sure how, that I could trust my swing today was just like. That's that's he's peak sauce right now, and I, part of me thinks that we as much as we. I don't know. We don't talk about Hideki that much just because there's not that much to talk about other than he's really, really good at golf. But do we kind of underappreciate the fact that he's the third-ranked player in the world? Uh, yeah. I mean, is he – like, I feel like it's just – these guys are separating themselves. There's six, seven, eight guys out there that are – Is there a big eight? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's like a big – yeah, like there's like a big half dozen, I think. And, <laughs> You know, and and then after that, it's just you know, and, and then there's like a big thirty after that, I think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's it. I think it just comes down to who has that top year. 
you know, where Spieth, Rory, DJ, Matsuyama's proving that he has that. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's like, Ricky, you need to, need to see that, man. Quickly becoming the forgotten man? I thought we were poor at the end of yesterday. I, I thought we were getting getting past i thought he grew out of the, the whole orange on orange on orange thing that was a disappointing thing to see i thought we were past that as well yeah and, we grew uh, out of that you know we've, we've matured past that stage so it's almost like he had a quota he had to meet of the amount of orange so he's yeah. like all right i'm just gonna load this all into sunday <laughs> and uh yeah it's not not good not a good look it's time to he has made a lot more subtle the sunday orange which i can yeah. i can appreciate but um a quick break for some exciting news from the world of Odyssey Golf. Odyssey is the number one putter in golf by a long shot, and in fact has won the last two major championships two weeks ago at the Senior Open and just yesterday at the Rico Women's British Open. And new from Odyssey is the new O-Works Red and O-Works Black putters. The new shapes and finishes match with the popular micro-hinge face insert. We'll have you making more putts in no time. I've got the red in the bag as it is. I absolutely love it. Visit odysseygolf.com for more on O-Works Red and Black, available online or in stores today. Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Again, that's odysseygolf.com. Can we talk about the McRib a little bit? Of course. What do you got? Um, so I'm still, I'm still just, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like you should go back to the Scotty Cameron. But aside from the putting, it just seems like, and you were talking about this earlier in the week, it seems like he's a lot more engaged in his round. He's, he's thinking his way around the course a little bit more. He's in his yardage book more. I mean, is that, is that kind of the yeah. sense you got from him? Yeah, so... I, I talked to him a bit in the locker room, and uh, I, I don't. I didn't go to his presser, so he may have touched on some of this in his presser, and this may be public knowledge and whatnot. But I didn't. I didn't read all all the uh, the transcripts or whatnot. But the way he describe, I don't know. The way he describes everything, it all makes sense, and that he and it shows the level at which he thinks things through. And again, I know this is coming from Rory fanboy and and whatnot. But he he just kind of was saying like I was looking like in the in, on the course and looking at JT JP and like getting somewhat annoyed just in general like they did and it, it's just such an exact business and there has to be like this to him he said to him he said the, the relationship with the, the caddy is the most important like the vibe in general like the comfortable comfortable feeling you have and you know rather than taking responsibility on some things like on a on a on a shot that ended up being the wrong distance he was blaming his caddy and he's like I was getting I don't know if he used the word lazy, but he's saying now that I have Harry on the bag, Harry's Harry's an excellent player in himself. I think he's like a, a plus one or plus two. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows the game. But now Harry's, an, I don't think, a very experienced caddy. Now that I have him out there, first of all, I'm just looking forward to have, like, having like my best mate out there on the bag. And second, he's like, now I'm engaged again. I'm out there. I'm, I haven't used a yardage book in years. I'm out there charting my yardages. I'm writing. I'm making notes and practice rounds and you know, I'm I'm stepping stuff up. I mean, he's helping obviously with that stuff, but I'm taking responsibility for it. That way, when a club isn't the right club, I have absolutely nobody to blame but myself. And I just found that perspective kind of interesting on it. I think he was just kind of on a bit on cruise control too much with JP, and um, and I and yeah, I mean, he and JP still have a great relationship, and I know it's people were kind of giving him some slack on saying this isn't a firing, but it just. I think the way we view player caddy relationships, like in the media and just fans in general, isn't exactly the way the pros and the caddies view it. 
and that there's usually in my experience and talking to people about it, it's not usually hard feelings. Like they, people know yeah. that relationships are not forever. And like everyone wants it's to say, professional relationship. yeah, it's like what happened with bones and Phil? It's like not, nothing happened. Like 25 years of working together is the exception. And you know, they, maybe they just got kind of annoyed with each other. And I mean, they are still great friends. And I, Talked yeah. with Phil some, and he and he just brought up bones and in a normal part of conversation, as if everything is is fine. And every every person I've talked to seems to think it's just a true mutual decision and all that stuff. So, uh, like Rory and JP are still going to be friends. I know JP. I don't know a lot of details on it, but I know he's like just a, like a pretty strong, solid businessman with kind of a networking guy and, and has a lot of business relationships that I think he's going to kind of go into kind of that phase of his career. And and they're still going to be friends. So. Um, yeah. I think anything's in play for Rory going forward. I think he's kind of doing this trial period. It's going to see how it goes with, with Harry on the bag. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to just, you know, <laughs> the what, yeah, I mean, what. It seems like it's more like it lets him, because that's kind of been my thing is like, he's either on or he's off. There's no grind mode. Right. And I feel like grinding, you know, and granted, I know nothing about anything on that playing that level <laughs> so this is you know but so take this with a grain of salt but i feel like when you're when you're grinding you know like that it just puts you a little bit more in that mentality when yeah. you're when you're charting your own yardages and you know you know you're just more engaged and around so i know everyone's picking in for coil but he did say like the firestone pga <laughs> pga stretch is like the stretch he looks forward to the most every year regardless of what the pga yeah. course is he's like this is my this is my favorite stretch of the year. So, um, good vibes going into the PGA for him. Um, real, real quick, did you see? Or I need we need to get your reaction to. So Adam Sarson did a uh, golf Twitter documentation or compared golf tweeters to PGA <laughs> Tour players. Uh, what did you think of your classification? Oh man, I uh, I was kind of conflicted. You know what? I, what did you get? So what did he get? I got Bubba. I got Bubba. <laughs> Um, which, you know what? I mean, you're misunderstood. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to fight it. I, uh, I'm very mercurial and, uh, you know, I'm, I've got, I've got several different, you know, kind of personas. So, uh, I I can go with that, but I'm not a, I'm not a dick in real life. (laughs) So, So that's, so that might be a little bit off. Um, I, I I think like every one of your like Twitter takes is better just in like 400 words in a draft piece on the website, but you will never do it. You will always take it to Twitter. I know. And... Korath was telling me that the other night. He was like, dude, like this whole OWGR thing, just put it up on the website and said it's like six tweets. I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. Just, it won't ever change though. Like that. I just want to, I want to get it right out there. <laughs> Uh, I can confirm you're not a dick in real life. I get so many people come up to me and be like, so what are you going to do about this Tron thing, right? And like people, that when the speed thing, when your alignment aid trolling thing was going on, first of all, like it was... It wasn't trolling, dude. See, this is exactly what... (laughs) I did, like, nobody knows you better than I do. And I'm like, I I don't know. I think he is serious. Like everyone's like, oh, this is satire. And I was like, "I I don't... I'm not positive that it is satire. He might actually think this. So, um, yeah, you're out of control. But um, anything else we missed from Firestone, Bridgestone? Uh, I kind of want to move on to Steph and address this. Um, I think we're good there. I mean, 
you know, really just, yeah, it was Matsuyama, Hoffman. I mean, Hoffman just keeps keeps plugging away, you know. So, so. we do got to get through. We got to get through Steph, the web. We got to talk women's British and then Quail Hollow and then a couple other Twitter questions. Yeah. So um, Steph Curry, I thought he was going to shoot in the 80s. He shot 274s. Uh, I don't want to lead with taking things away from it immediately. Stonebrae is an easier setup, <laughs> of course, on the web tour, but I walked away pretty damn impressed with everything involved with it. His showing, uh, the crowds that were out watching it, impressed with everything except for it not being on TV. Uh, what was your main takeaway? Uh, yeah, so I got a buddy from high school who played at Vanderbilt. He was first team All-America our senior year of high school. And he, he, he Monday qualified into two web tour events. He shot like 71, 69 in one of them and missed the cut. And then he shot like 155 in another one on an easier course than Stonebrae and missed the cut. But like played pretty well. And this is a guy who's got a com- competitive history of playing I many big events. Like he was the first alternate for the U.S. Open one year. I mean, he's played the Western Ham probably three or four times. Like he's he's played in big events. This guy... I mean, for like, it takes so much, so many reps to get comfortable mm-hmm. in a pro tournament, and for him to just go out there and and shoot seventy four, seventy four is unreal to me. I mean, I'm I was blown away by it. Grant, you know, and yes, the course is pretty wide open off the tee. Um, you know, it was a good setup for him, but but yeah, I mean, the guy just you know he grinded too. He made putts. He you know I think. I just, I was just blown away at some of the people that still are like, oh, you know, sure he didn't embarrass himself, but he still took somebody else's spot. I'm like, dude, like Frank Licklider's in the tournament. <laughs> like Frank, and like Frank Licklider might come kill me in my sleep tonight for saying this, because that guy is a, that guy's a straight killer. Um, he knows where the bodies are buried, but like, but there's guys like that in in these events every week that are taking up spots. You know, and like yeah. people were talking about the web tour. Like right. Bottom line, mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> and people got to understand the business side of it, and that the interest that uh, and a lot the, the 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 really solid web tour players understand that this was great for the web tour to get interest in it. People talking about it, yeah. and again, the amount I was shocked, the amount of people that were out following Steph and like the kids in basketball jerseys out running around. And I mean, I'm not a big grow the game guy. I mean, I just I, I you know, but. <laughs> You talk about like bringing like a, a star yeah. NBA player and playing in a golf tournament. How much that was like a lead topic of conversation in sports this week, and um, I, I think that if you want to really grow the game, that's the way to do it. I mean, something like that, and a guy that can come up there and hold his own, man. I mean, it's it's one thing to be like a scratch player; it's another to be a scratch player when you play essentially three months out of the year. How much does he play during basketball season and come well, out? That, yeah, that's the other thing. Like his his body's got to be so banged up still. I mean, he played, what, 100 and something, 110 basketball games with preseason, NBA Finals, all that in like five and a half, six months. And then and come out, yeah. yeah. And you don't, I mean, it, it, I know, it's like, it's one thing to go out and shoot 74-2 in like a weekend four ball where, you know, if you're playing a, with a partner yeah. and you're kind of out of a hole, you pick it up and take double and like, you got to play this out. You can make a nine pretty easily, <laughs> even if you're like a good player, like if you pop one OB, like... You don't. You play at stroke and distance. There's, there's just a, there's a difference in. Well, playing in front of people too. Exactly. So, you're so, not used to it. 
There's a lot. I don't know. I, I, I was I was legitimately impressed. And the people that are unimpressed by that, I don't understand your take. And that, oh, I'm, so I'm a scratch. One, I could shoot that out there. I'm like, shut up. Like, you probably so could. Like, people, like, you know, a lot of people pointed out, like, oh, he, he, you know, he beat guys who have played on the web or who have won on the web before. He was only one or two shots behind guys who have won in the last few weeks. Like, I get that, too. Like, that, that, but then also you look at it and you finish you know, 20 shots behind some other guys. I think it just goes to show you too, like how, how, how much of a, how deep the game is these days too. Like just how, how good the guys are out on the web too. Like I don't, you know, I don't want that to get lost in it too. Cause for him to, to play that well and still be that far off, you know, just, it just goes to show you, man, like these guys are really good. And, And the gap between the web and the big tour is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, old takes exposed, like the Twitter account that, you know, if you have a bad old take, like we'll retweet it later. Retweeted mine that I, when I said that uh, that Steph be, show, going to this event is going to show how big the difference is between a scratch player and a, a pro. I don't think that was disproved. Like, I thought he was going to shoot 80. That was disproved. But, I mean, it's still like, this was best case scenario playing, I think, for Steph. And, yeah, look how far. Like the top, you know, the, yes. where, how far off he was from making. He wasn't close to making the cut, which is fine. He should. He was. That was never the goal. Like it was never a realistic possibility he was going to make the cut. But again, best case scenario that he played, and that's how that's how far back a scratch is from being competitive on a web tour. Which is, I don't want to using lesser tour is not the right thing to say because it's so unbelievably competitive out there. Um, so I, again, I don't think that's disproven at all. There's huge yeah. difference between scratch and those guys. So. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, like it was like Lee McCoy just, you know, he was pissed about the the whole, you know, him taking a spot. I'm like, well, Steph beat Colt McNeely by how many shots? Yeah. <laughs> and like he's somebody that nobody had a problem with him getting a spot. Yeah. You know, so. and, and nothing against Colt McNeely, he's a young kid. You know, I don't mean to hate on him, but I'm just saying, like, he didn't. He accomplished so much more good than than anything negative about taking one spot away from somebody right you know, he, if anything he he created another however many spots just due to the sponsor being happy yeah this is like the longest stretch of web d- discussion we've had on this on this podcast i'm pretty <laughs> sure like come on this means something like this was and this was well, they, they, like, the sponsor yeah. stuck their neck out there too like if, they, if he shoots 85 85 they look pretty bad it would it kind of get get brushed away eventually but Man, is is some people you know that went for this idea? They deserve some recognition for it. I think it's great. So the one thing they whiffed on was not having it on TV. That's that was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It was you needed something. Yeah, yeah some, you could do some, some sort it. of live stream. Or, yeah, you know, do like so. some sort of like special PGA Tour live thing. But whatever. So. All right, I got maximum thirty minutes left. Let's go to the women's okay. British. I I watched some of it uh, on TV with no sound. It was the only time I had a chance to, but just mostly because I wanted to watch Kings Barnes. But what were you? I think you were grinded on some coverage this week. Yeah, I fired it up on Saturday. I fired it up on Friday morning a little bit, but Saturday morning I watched like three or four hours of it. Ik Kim, she's like what five foot two, yeah. five foot three. Um, I mean, I was blown away at, first of all, Kings Barnes is sweet. So now good. I know what you're talking about. Um, that was really my first exposure to it. And then secondly, like her, she was flagging her irons. I didn't realize the whole backstory. I forgot about her, yeah. missing, you know, 14 inch putt at the, at the Nabisco one year or the ANA or whatever they call it now. But 
Um, but just like her interviews and everything before and after the rounds, the way that she played with a big lead, I was, I was blown away. I'm a huge new fan of hers. Um, she was super engaging in all the interviews and just her attitude about coming back from probably the most heartbreaking way you could possibly lose a major. Um, and just maintaining a positive attitude about it was, was, was fantastic. So, um, only thing I could hate on is just her pace of play. That's <laughs> yeah, not good out there. On they the, put the him time. on the clock on Saturday. <laughs> They're the final group, man. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> if you if if I had forgotten about it too, but go I went back and watched on YouTube the um he's got like 2011 crap Nabisco. Watch the the final putt. It is literally 14 inches. It's like a formality. Terry Gannon's like ready to give her the trophy, and she lips it out. And she loses in a playoff. It's like the most brutal, uh, most brutal way you could lose a major, save Jean Vendeville. Um, but oh, uh, to come back from that to win. Michelle, we had a great week. Um, Kings Barnes uh, looked like they got some incredible weather, and they got some some of the brutal stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it, they play that course pretty, I mean, decently far back, and uh, it's not the toughest golf course especially for them and the scores were, were pretty low it was pretty interesting i don't know it's not that interesting but they did just alter the routing because they couldn't fit hospitality uh that was necessary around the real 18th hole so they made the, the first hole the 18th hole and made the second hole the first which was a par three it was kind of a weird weird yeah. way of doing it but I, I think that was kind of their only option but um i don't know i did I, when i play that course i don't necessarily see it as like a, a standout championship level golf course as great as it is it's like set up for literally set up for american tourists to come over and play it and it's like 225 it just, pounds and they just yeah. print money over there and it, i mean it's amazing it's like an absolute must play in the area uh, but it was interesting to see to see them host, host a tournament and i feel like the course held it held its own and showed out very well yeah, the, I mean, big greens, too. Like, it was fun. Uh, as soon as they put that, that final group on the clock, the one English girl who's, like, 21, she was very impressive until they put them on the clock on Saturday, and then she four, she probably four-putted the 17th hole. Jeez. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was – I really liked the first hole par three thing. Yeah. I think that's so cool. That's such – and then, I mean, I can't can, – she just, like, straight up flagged it on the first hole, and I was like, all right, she's she's got this. You know, um, playing you know, teeing off with a six shot lead and, and not even batting an eye. So, yeah, it was cool. I uh, I'm really curious. I'm I'm like super pumped up for the Dunhill. Yeah. Because uh, they play the Dunhill what there, Carnoustie and St Andrews. Yeah, and they and they 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 so yeah, the pros do play, and they have a, a pro set of tees there, which are mm-hmm. way back there. But the pros still eat Kings Barnes up when they play it. It's wide. It's like I said, it's it's kind of a friendly. It's kind of a it's a blend of American golf and mm-hmm. uh, and Scottish golf. And I mean, it's 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 a it's a phenomenal place. It's but it's a newer course. And for people like who don't a modern, know, really yeah, cool. it's like 15, it's only 15, 16 years old or something like that. So, um, but just an incredible property and uh, and just a, an unbelievable addition to what was already a stacked area of golf. But I think I've done enough golf, Scottish golf travel uh, advertising <laughs> this summer. So. Um, moving Perhaps on to Kyle Phillips too, for, for, I mean, he, he, he came out of the Robert Trent Jones stable and just kind of made a name for himself and gotten out of that shadow a little bit. I think that's cool. Cause you know, 
So anyway, not <laughs> you made your feelings abundantly yeah. clear on that. Um, and family legacy. Let's touch on the PGA. Um, it's coming up this week. Obviously, you're going to skip Reno again. Damn it, I did. What do you? I, I watched none of it. I got none of it. So you're gonna have to fill me in there. Man, I was I was pumping it so hard, and then you didn't watch it. I watched quite a bit of it on Saturday, and it was the the quad. Like there were there were guys missing missing greens with wedges. There there was like ten shots in a row where guys were missing greens with wedges. Greg Owen was taking three minutes to hit each shot. I mean, it was. It was brutal. Like I, I could tell Whit Watson and the guys in the booth. <laughs> oh my god! And then there were there were some guys playing well, like um, you know. But it was just I, I think those guys get almost over aggressive. Yeah, because with that the setup. Board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'd like to see. I just think it's an awkward spot for Stableford in, on the schedule. Where I was talking to DJ about this the other day. Like it, it, I think they should do it. Uh, Stableford earlier in the season and at this point you know this is really the, these guys second to last opportunity to get FedEx Cup points right before Wyndham and so it, it seems like kind of a weird spot to do it and and have them you know jockeying for position in a format that they only get to play once a year you know it's fair so, point. but but yeah I mean I, I just I love kind of the game within the game where you know watching these guys you know, kind of jockey for position, try to, you know, I mean, there was a ton of guys that were kind of that 120 to 140 range um, that were, you know, they're trying to fight for just two, three spots, you know, in the FedEx Cup standings, getting that 125. So anyway, just, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think Chris Stroud ended up winning. I didn't see the finish yesterday. I guess it went to a playoff, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that course looks sweet. Um, Mantra looks awesome. They just it's a little frustrating. They just water the hell out of it, I guess, because just trying to see scoring out there. But you, you good? Did you get your? Did you get your? I'm good. I'm okay. good. I got my. <laughs> All right. Now the major championship that's taking place this week. Well, <laughs> um, first of all, do you want to? Uh, a kind of fill me in because I've been all over the place, and B fill the listeners in on uh, what we what we're going to be up to this week. Yes, we're going. You're you're flying down later today, uh, and then rest of the crew is uh, we're coming up. We're partnering with Turner uh, to do some social stuff from the tournament on Saturday Sunday. So we're driving up from Jacksonville to Atlanta. We're all meeting in Atlanta. We're gonna go play Greenville Country Club, the Shannon Clear Course on Friday. Uh, play some Wolf Hammers out there. Uh, probably do a little video stuff with the crew up there and then uh and then yeah we're gonna be up in charlotte for for saturday and sunday so uh really looking forward to it first you know really first time we've we've all been together since players um and that was so busy i feel like this is gonna be a great great opportunity for all of us to just you know really dig in so things are gonna stop being polite and uh they're gonna get real here um how much do you know about the changes that have been made to quail hollow that's my thing. I don't really, I don't know a ton. I'm hearing kind of mixed reviews. The Foz, the Foz, uh, the Foz did it. Um, I heard the rough is super long right now too, like really long, like five inch Bermuda rough. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, 
you know, certain, like, I was talking to certain guys that are like, yeah, man, like, everybody thinks this is going to be a bomber's paradise, and it's, it's really not if this rough is going to be as high as it is. So, um, I don't know. I'm really curious to see it. Weather forecast looks a little bit cooler than, than I would have expected, too, which is good. You know, I was thinking, I was expecting, like, mid-90s and just jungle-like humidity. Swamp ass, just. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be like the low, field. low 80s, so. I mean, it's so, I. I got so they they changed after the 2016. For people who don't know, after the 2016 Wells Fargo, they like as play was like still going on on the back nine, they started tearing up the front nine. Like that's how fast they wanted to get it done. Uh, and they made so they switched all the greens from Rye to Bermuda, and tried to give them as much time as they could to grow in. Um, and then I got all the rest of it. I actually I did a little preparation for this. This is this is what like what, when you could do this full time, you might actually think some things out. But uh, <laughs> I got this from the Charlotte Observer from uh, Rick Bonnell. He said number one is now a 540 yard par four. Um, two was totally eliminated and now a brand new par three. They needed to, I guess that they rerouted the whole the first hole through what was also the second hole. Uh, number five was a par five. Now it's a par four. And then a bunch of bunkers were added to 11 and they put new, new layers of sod in the bunker and the new sand in the bunker is like the same kind of sand that they use at, at Augusta. Um, so it, it, I mean, it is like the, everyone says again, the, and he he is still my pick. I picked him before the year. Everyone's, everyone's going to pick him, but it's still a Rory good, a great setup for Rory, but it's not the same course that he's kind of dominated on in the past at least there's enough enough new new things about it that it's going to be uh it's going to be i think hopefully i just want it to feel different than the wells fargo does yeah and but the problem is like cbs you're saying you don't want Derek ernst to win i'm good if he does not i'm not saying i don't want him to win but uh shame he got excluded from the field this year really it's it's robbery um but it's the problem is like CBS treats this tournament like it's a normal tournament. Like at no point at at Baltusrol last year did that tournament feel like a major, other than that we know the PGA Championship is a major. But uh, um, glory's last shot, man. <laughs> glory's last shot. They got rid of that. That's no longer a thing. I think it's this is major is the this phrase is now, major. which couldn't yeah. be worse. It's like we <laughs> we like we are very well aware that it's a major championship. Um. Uh... I, I, to do, ask, I mean, the, the finishing stretch is so good. It is. It, it just, I hope they, do they get rid of calling it the Green Mile yet? Like, can we not do that? Or is that already too, are we too far gone on that? I think that's, that's, that's still a thing, I'm All right. sure. All right. Uh, I just, my, my enduring memory of Quail Hollow is, I think the first year they had to turn the, the Wells Fargo there, when it was the Wachovia, they, um, David Thomas had, what, like an eight shot lead or a six shot lead going into 18. And he made a quad and still by two. <laughs> I respect that so much. That was awesome. It was like the coolest thing ever. I forgot about that. It is like a tournament that, and I may be misremembering this, but I feel like it's a tournament that kind of turned away, turned around how how things uh, were handled at week to week on the PGA Tour, and that the players. This was like one of the the first events to really change the way they treated the players and how yeah. and the care that went into a golf tournament and they got so much praise from the guys Phil especially if I remember right being like this is a way a tournament should be run 
Um, and, and, and again, there's so much logistically that happens with a golf tournament that we don't that we a lot of people don't think about. Um, and just the, the the comfort level for the players and the caddies too, and and things like that. Logistically, the food, the cars, and just the service and everything that goes into a tournament. You know, with with the amount of things these guys have to do week to week from media and sponsor obligations and you know physios and all that stuff like that that, that means something. So the even the year the greens went to shit, I think 2013, uh, the, when it became the Derek Ernst Invitational. Like Phil was like gay. He's like, we have to give them a pass for this because of how how good this golf tournament has been, mm-hmm. how great this golf course is. So, uh, well, yeah, to, to basically create a tournament from scratch, um, you know, 2003 they did it, and then I mean, two years they went without a title sponsor. Right. 2009, so. 2010, and I mean, just the list of former winners at this tournament. I mean, Anthony Kim won it in 08. Big Cat, No Seven, Furick, VJ, um, Joey Sindel. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, Big Rib, Lucas Glover's one. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some serious ball strikers. Yeah, Sean O'Hare won here too, didn't he? I think, yeah. He did, yeah. Um, do we? Do you? Correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like people in recent years have started to make a much bigger deal out of the career grand slam than I think it actually is. It's, do people overreact to the career grand slam thing? You're talking Puerto Rico, Mayakoba. Oh my God. John Deere. I, I teed that up for you. <laughs> teed that up for you. Uh, well, hey, I, 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 I think it's a big, I think it's a big deal. Okay. I don't know. I just feel every, like every time we go into like now what's going to be the U.S. Open Masters and PGA with, you know, with Phil, um, Rory, and Spieth, that we're going to, like, do this hype thing. And I feel like – I know that you can't control the outcome, whatnot, but I feel like it, it, building up the hype for somebody to win and, cre- cre- and complete the Grand Slam like, inhibits them from being able to do it in some capacity. And I feel – I don't know. I think that, like, the media loves – loves the, to, to drag these things out year to year and make such a big deal about somebody you know, tr- potentially closing the slam and whatnot. But I do think they missed an opportunity to pair Rory and Speed together. And I know they always pair the yeah. first three major winners all together. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I think that could have been could have been pretty cool to, to watch those two. Because I, I do no, think, think both yeah. guys are going to be involved this week. So, how, how do you feel about Ron this week? Um, how did he do at Bridgestone? I think he was just kind of hanging out, biding his time. Just uh, let's see here. I mean, it was like it was like Rob and DJ. I felt like we're just kind of, you know, not trying to spend too much energy last week. They were I, just in the peloton. <laughs> I haven't spent too much time grinding on handicapping this thing yet, but I mean, I don't, I don't see a reason not to, not to like Rob. I mean, well, I didn't really under, know that the rough was up as high as you said it was either. And I think that that changes things to a guy that's going to drive it really well in the fairway. And it's kind of, I think it's a bit of a misnomer that, you know, when the rough is up, that it becomes less of a driving contest. I think it becomes, it becomes even more of one like DJ won at Oakmont by putting it in the fairway, 300 yards plus down, down every fairway. Um, And, you know, it's, it's the, it's the bombers that are spraying it, that are going to get probably ejected. But if you're, if you're driving it long in the fairway, you're in great shape. It's the one thing, man, if DJ can start bucking his head again, and then you got Spieth, DJ, and Rory playing well at the same time, like, that's, 
that might be the end all be all. Aren't we due for like a major oh, a bus yeah. major winner though? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I the, guess Danny Willett last year. But... That was at least still like super exciting how it all happened. I mean, it was it yeah. was heartbreaking, but um, I don't know. I think I don't know. I've been saying that for a while now, and we still keep getting getting some pretty amazing winners. But so Rom last week, sixty-seven, seventy-seven, sixty-seven, sixty-eight. So yeah. three really good rounds. Um, I like Kisner this week too, man. I think Kisner's do South Carolina guy, um, and then another guy like Bill Haas. Are you don't don't be proximity to where they're from to in relation yeah, but, to the yeah, tournament like, guy. This has played this course a million and a half times. Tommy Fleetwood's from Southport. I think he, he's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When is Patrick Reed gonna step up? He needs a top ten just so you stop harassing me over this. Yes. I, 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 I check it every every round. I do. I, I have I have him saved in my in my favorites, and I'm like, <laughs> just give me one top ten so we can eliminate this narrative. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's super long and play. I don't, if it plays soft, I think that that helps a guy like Reed a lot. But if it's if it's firm at all, I don't I don't know how well these greens are going to hold the thunderstorms. And I don't know and it's going to thunderstorm a lot this week, but I don't know how much rain that actually means. So yeah, just quick bursts. Well, I think too the the um uh I mean I would imagine the greens are going to be super firm, just with with having new Bermuda in there, new champion Bermuda. That's the goal, I think. So I know, I know they want to make it fast and firm, and that was so. I don't know. To we, get... we might, we might be seeing 500 yard drives. If, Very well if, could. If it doesn't rain much beginning of the week. Yeah. Uh, anything else from Quail? Because we only got about 10 minutes here, and we got some news items and a couple, uh, some questions to get to. No, we'll have plenty, plenty of time to cover that later in the week. So. Yeah. 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 Um, have you seen the Golfers Journal yet? I have. D- uh, man. Yeah, DJ. Showed me an advanced copy yesterday, and I'm pumped. Yeah. So, so we got we got Randy and Andy on the on the last two pages there. Well, for people that don't aren't familiar with it, you want to give us a, a bit of a description of what it is. I have trouble describing it, but the way I called it was kind of like a a golf passion magazine. It's the way I saw yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a quarterly, basically, it's like a quarterly coffee table book almost. Mm-hmm. Um, golf course architecture travel stuff just really you know limited advertising it's 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 like low-key thick with (laughs) with not much advertising in it so um but yeah just awesome photography well produced i'm excited for it i think it's exactly what kind of golf's been missing yeah so we're going to be involved in it we're going to be producing i guess kind of a a, a quarterly column in the back of it i think you're up for the next episode right (laughs) yeah just turned it in just filed You've got an editor. You finally have somebody to answer to. (laughs) Um, Other news items was, of course, we were announced on Twitter last week that uh, DJ Pihowski, formerly of the PGA Tour and of Scratch, is kind of going into – he's going into business for himself, but we are bringing him into the fold as one of his first clients for No Laying Up, and he's going to be helping us with a lot on the production side and as we we take the top off the defense here. So I'm super excited to work with DJ. Um, and uh, we're gonna get that get that rolling here this this coming week. So, get your eighty four jerseys out. Eighty four jerseys. Yeah, Randy Moss, baby. Uh, <laughs> Off the defense. I'm gonna have the glo- gl- attach the gloves to the face mask, and uh, and here we go. <laughs> um, I wanted to get some. I wanted to talk a bit of Presidents Cup standings quickly. Um, just so 
have you looked at, at this? So right now, the top ten: DJ, Spieth, JT, Berger, Fowler, Kepka, Kisner, Charlie Hoffman, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Chappell. Um, so let's just assume those those ten are the ten that are going to make it automatically. And I know it's probably hard with that, a list not right in front of you to, to think of two guys. I think the two captain's picks might be very easy after that. Patrick Reed sitting at 11th and then Phil's at 17th. Those have to be the two captain's picks, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, especially it's the tour doing it. And they want to yeah. you know, put them stars. Um, the other guys there are like Harmon, Duffner, oh, Sned, Steele. four captain's picks for the world and two for the U.S.? I just assumed that it was two. I, 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 it I think was, it's four each. Oh, it was. It's been two in the past. Um, I just assumed it was the same. I could be wrong though. Okay. Um, two captain selections will be made September sixth, two thousand seventeen. So essentially okay. a, a month from now. So, um, so oh, yeah. just a lot could change between now and then. This this could be the year that the U.S. team wins. Like. Like a, it's like a 2006 Ryder Cup <laughs> in reverse. The 21st podcast where the 2006 Ryder Cup has at least been mentioned. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's do some questions. And sorry, I, I wanted to get to more of these. We oh, so Will Bardwell sent in the question about your response to Sarson's golf Twitter post. Sorry, I didn't give a shout out to that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Hennessy had a, a great one. What do you think of Hideki Matsuyama, and can he win this week? Are, are you going to the Are you going to the press conferences at all? Uh, probably. I, I don't. I usually if don't go to those. You have to go to the press conference. You have to go to uh, like Spieth's press conference, and like a couple guys' press conferences, and basically steal that Japanese reporter's <laughs> yes. question. I should do that. I will do that if I if I go to a press conference. I will do that. Okay. Um. Uh. Let's see. If Curry had been in, uh, this is Ryan Mass. If Curry had been at Firestone this week, how many strokes would he have beaten Willett by? <laughs> I think Willett probably would have WD'd. I think, right? Uh, probably. I think so. A trick question. Um, Brian Evanson says, "Why can't the PGA get their media partners to offer morning network coverage a lot of the U.S. Open and Open? Is there not going to be any morning coverage?" Uh. If I remember correctly, TNT was pretty early last year. I, I thought so, too. I thought they always did feature group stuff yeah. and, and whatnot. So um, we need them th- that group to take over the Sunday afternoon evening coverage that, that we fall asleep to that CBS does. But that's enough on that. Um, TNT's, they, they start at, they go one to seven on, yeah, so I guess, I don't okay. know. I don't know if there's. So there might works. not be anything for Thursday and Friday morning. Though. I think they're doing some streaming stuff early. I, they, they have in the past. They did it like, yeah. I yeah. feel like they did it online back at like Atlanta Athletic yeah. Club in like 2000, what was that, 11? Uh, 13, yeah, 2011 that was. So I feel like that they have to be involved in that. These are things we should know. But um, what are your thoughts on Quail in the course? Oh, here's a good one. What is your favorite de- now defunct golf brand from the, from the 90s slash early 2000s? That's from Kevin Ego. I go. Uh, maybe Yonix. I don't know if they still make stuff, but I just just because Lefty rocking those blade Yonixes, which I mean, those very well could have just been Miros with with a Yonix stamp on them. But um, <laughs> those, I was a big fan. I know they're still kind of making clubs, but I was a huge fan of the Ben Hogan Apex 
pros. Those, those were sweet. Mag- somebody mentioned McGregor. McGregor was was great, except for they had Aaron Baddeley as their kind of. It was like Aaron Baddeley and Jose Maria Olathebel as their as their two main guys. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No love for the pure spin diamond face scoring wedge. God, that those infomercials. So the kid in me. Like I was fascinated by backspin as a kid. All I wanted yeah. to do was be able to backspin the ball, and I, I, we, we would save up money to like think about actually buying the pure spin diamond face scoring wedge from, from the infomercials. But the review, actual reviews from people were that they were not very like it wears down really fast and it just scuffs well, your ball. Was that USGA up. conforming? I probably not, but that was in the square groove era. Like I don't even think you really needed the diamond face. Uh, I, I'm surprised people don't talk more about that, that the square grooves and the change in era that went with that. Somebody it, said snake eyes wedges. I, I can get down with that. Snake eyes made some made some good like I had a snake eyes what they called a ten iron pitching wedge, but man, that thing that thing you could spin the heck out of that. Um, uh, great, probably giving away like 10, 10 yards on it, but. My boy Patrick Bell says, if caddies were not permitted, who would be the top five golfers in the world? Basically, who has the worst caddy, basically, right? <laughs> or who who has the best level of fitness. Yeah, that's true. Are, are push carts allowed? That that's Yeah, that's the big question. That changes everything. Um or I think a better question would be who would be the who would be the like top players who would suffer the most. Yeah. With right? uh, having the caddy. We could probably do a podcast on or like a, a piece just on this. So we may have to keep that holstered. I think it would hurt Spieth a lot. I think he really, I think he and Greller are really, and as much as people make fun of like the Wii thing, I think it, it actually does matter to him a lot. Greller's an alpha. <laughs> Needs that alpha on the back. Um, all right. I'm up against it, uh, so I've got a I've got a jet here. Is there anything okay. else major that uh, we missed this week? Uh, shout out to the dude who won on the McKenzie Tour. Uh, Do you know his name? Yeah, I know his <laughs> I know his Twitter <laughs> handle. How are you giving a shout out if you <laughs> Three Wiggle ninety nine? I think is his Twitter handle. He he's the first guy to win on the Narcos Tour and the McKenzie Tour. Um, and he was wearing like a Srixon bucket hat, a like like pleated short or ple- pleated pants, um, and like a polo RLX shirt, a black glove. It was insane. It was like the the best combination of outrageous attire I think I've ever seen. Um, and then just another announcement. We got a. Got a trap draw recording tonight. Whoa, two yeah. trap draws like in the same month, huh? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is going to be a regular occurrence, courtesy of we got a producer now. We know how to record now with uh, with uh, DJ. So special guest on tonight. Um, Three years we've been doing podcasts, and you just said we know how to record now. No, Brandy and I, <laughs> you know how to record, Brandy. And I. Unbelievable. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're a. a uh, I would just say he's a he's a slender man, the uh, guest tonight, and he's a recent victim of crime. Just, those are those are the two the two uh, hands full gifts. 
All right. And yeah, people have been asking about podcast frequency and whatnot. Yes, now that I'm full-time and actually back in the States, this is the first one of of the full-time schedule. These are going to be much more frequent, I think. That is the plan, at least. Um, and it's been tough to get players on during the middle of major season, but we got yeah. some good ones lined up for after PGA and whatnot. Um, and one yeah. last thing for PGA, Charles Howe the third, two hundred to one. Not fair. Yeah, that's I'm looking that right now. That's a wild one. Um, hopefully another one coming uh, tomorrow. I it's not finalized yet, but trying to track down. Uh, one particular analyst that I think would be fascinating to talk about competing in majors with. So uh, working on that, he is a menace. Um, quick shout out also to my boy, Frank Tedesco. We played in the Brookside Golf and Country Club uh, Invitational this week. And in, that was in Columbus, Ohio. And he played his ass off and shot two career rounds to get us into the championship. And uh, I took us home yesterday for first flight champs. I've never played in one of those and we won. So we just we we uh, you were you were catching some flack on 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 the gram though for being in first flight. What is that? I don't understand that. Like we weren't in the championship flight and we were in the next flight. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I mean, you're you're essentially a scratch at this point. No, I'm a two. I'm a two, and Frank's a seven. Like what? Uh, you played how, you, you played what? Forty five rounds in the last. 45 days something like that but it doesn't mean i'm playing well like it the ball still doesn't go in the hole like <laughs> i've been hitting a lot of shots but and, and i don't know my game's in a, in a pretty good place but i haven't been like i've only broken par like once or maybe what's frank uh, twice he's a seven okay so we yeah, we had no business being in the championship flight because this course is where they play the u.s open qualifier uh, every year and like it's 7400 <laughs> yards from the yeah. tips and oh there's so many good players this at this club and uh, so yeah, we, we were quite fine in the, in the first flight. So, uh, but yeah, people are going to hate on anything, no matter what. So I'm not, uh, including <laughs> hate, you, hate, you said you hate, got some hate, hate on the hate, gram. Hate. That was you that hated on it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was me jumping in cause somebody else hated on it. Yeah. You were just waiting for somebody else to do it. So, um, all right, Tron, I will see you, uh, later this week and we will have some wolf hammers going and, uh, yeah. Thanks for the time, buddy. Yeah, dude. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most!